Amen. You may be seated. Well, some of you were actually here back then, but I was just having a flashback <laughs> to about 23 years ago. Uh, my wife and I had just taken a pay cut to plant a church in Tulsa. Came from Houston, and I would led worship two or three times, and that was so horrible <laughs> that this 18-year-old kid decided to save us all, all 20 of us that were gathered together in this garage, and that kid was this kid. And just a moment ago, as uh, the band pulled it down, and I could hear all of you singing your faith. This is a part of that. And that was a part of this. And so, sometimes we forget the beautiful poetry with which God is telling his own story through us. You know, we, we come Sunday after Sunday... Receiving Christ anew through this meal, we trust that his, his Spirit cleanses us, that His Holy Spirit fills us again, that, that we might be given a fresh energy and a cleansing to go and start all over again in a new week with God. It's a beautiful thing, Christ in us. But just as true is the flip side of that, that we are in Christ. That we through this meal, celebrating what he has done for us, nevertheless give testimony to the fact that we are all his. This is a picture of the body of Christ. In the Passover, one lamb was slain, but one lamb went forth in the whole household that had partaken of it the next day. And so the same thing happens here, this little Passover of our own, that from one body we become one body. Are you with me? We celebrate not only he being in us, that personal experience, we celebrate that corporate experience that he makes us one with each other. Are you with me? And in fact, one of the most famous scriptures in all of the New Testament about the body of Christ is what? 1 Corinthians 12. 12, where it talks about how we all have different gifts, but we're all part of one body. And just because your, your gift isn't the one that's the showiest, you shouldn't think of yourself any less than, than those the foot shall not say to the eye, nor the eye to the foot, I have no need of thee. All that stuff is in 1 Corinthians 12. But you know what comes before it? Paul's little lesson on how we ought to properly take communion. And he's chastising the Corinthians then because they were forgetting about each other. They were just coming to having their own glorious experience with communion. Some would come early, in fact, and partake of the elements, and then there wouldn't be any left over for, for the slaves and the servants by the time they got there. And Paul says, even though you're partaking of the body, you're not properly discerning the body. Open your eyes and see that he's not just becoming a part of you, but you're becoming a part of him. You're a part of this body. Uh, I've shown you this picture before. It's one of my favorite, really. It's William Zynak. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. You try, I, I mean, Mr. By a vowel there, huh? William Z Zynak. Uh, he's an artist, and he painted this beautiful picture of Jesus, and it's a little bit different than almost any other portrait of Jesus I've ever seen. Uh, he, he was commissioned to, to do a picture of Jesus, and he thought, well... 
Uh, he forgot that he had committed to do it. It was for a nonprofit, big gallery, an auction coming up. And then just a few nights before the auction, the person who had asked him called him up and said, you're ready, aren't you? We haven't heard from you. Your work is ready. And he looked around his studio in a panic and found the, the biggest canvas he possibly said. He knew this was going to be in a school with eight-foot ceilings. He says, there's no way that canvas will fit. I'll tell her I've done that, and I'll get out of it. And he tells her, yeah, it's got this big canvas, one of the largest things I've, I've ever Ever painted and, and expecting her to say, oh no, there's no, and she, instead she says, wonderful, we've moved to another venue, we'll make your piece the very centerpiece of the day. And so he's stuck. He's got three days to come up with this portrait, and he's not wanting to paint a portrait like just any other portrait of Jesus. He's trying to capture, as Jamie would understand, something original, you know, and it just isn't there. He's got a creative block. It's just not coming and he's frustrated. It's the night before. He's going to have to paint through the night to have anything ready. And finally, just in frustration, he picks up his brushes and just heaves them at the canvas in absolute frustration. And when he did, in his mind's eye, he had an image flash before him. And he starts running around the house, picking up Time magazines and National Geographics and anything else he can find with a face on it. And he just starts painting face after face after face after face on this huge canvas trying to fill it in with, with this image, that image in his mind. And you can tell if you go from one, go back one, go back one. Yeah, okay, now zoom in. There you go. See, there's the, you can see uh, Joseph Kennedy up there. Maybe, he was, maybe this was in the 60s. I don't know. And Martin Luther, see Martin Luther King down there on the chin? Does anybody else see these? Maybe harder to see from the back. Uh, you don't see it? Okay, and then the next one. But let's zoom over to the, to the neck there. And, and there's, uh, you see Gandhi? Gandhi's right there. And I, th I think the guy up there with the kind of goatee looking thing, I think that's Jonas Salk. I'm not sure. And, and, uh, I th and then the next one, I don't know who that is, but that's obviously the Gerber baby. <laughs> Th this guy was desperate for images, and he was just throwing them together. And after painting through the night, it's just an hour, the paint is still wet, he finally steps back from the canvas, and that's what he sees. What a beautiful picture of Christ. Because it's such a beautiful picture of his body. I hope when you partake of this meal, you not only imagine Christ in you in all of his fullness. I hope you can imagine you in him. And all of his purposes that he has for us as a body that we're still unfolding, that are still a mystery to us, that he's still the author of week to week and day to day. You're a part of his church. You're a part of his body. And when we remember him this morning, it's only right, Paul says, for us to properly discern we're in him as he is in us. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you, the Father, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this as often as you partake of it in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to you, our Father, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take 
and drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord God, in remembrance of you, we do these things. Forgive us, Lord God. Wash us clean. Fill us anew by the power of your Spirit. And Father, as we face this world, would you face the world through us? Live through us. Love through us. Help us to be your body, giving expression to your heart, of your heart, to everyone that we encounter, especially to one another in the body of Christ. We ask these things in the strong name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.